We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Blogs Podcast, the Bearcast, where we run you through all the Cal football and basketball news you need to know about. And today is a generous news of basketball news. Yeah, it's a generous, gen- very generous term. We might do some more basketball podcasts with some other folks, but but back to the original point. <laughs> I'm your host, Rob, with my co-host, Andy. Andy, nine years. Nine years we've waited for this moment. The last time this moment happened, you and I were both in college. <laughs> yeah. And two I was on that field. Yep. And two full cycles of college students have come and gone through the campus of California. Oh, those poor souls. Poor souls. But what happened yesterday when the game ended and Chase Garbers took the knee? Chase Motherfucking garbage. <laughs> Shooter McGavin. <laughs> so Shooter McGavin. Oh, and the Bears claim back what is rightfully ours. And the axe is home. How does that make you feel? I heard that they're going to call it the drive. The final drive? Yeah, the, they branded it the drive. The drive. Like the play, but it's the drive. The drive. That was, I mean, we'll talk about it, but that was one hell of a drive. My goodness. Oh. My goodness. <laughs> it, the world has, like, been so bright today. <laughs> and uh, there's so many people wearing cow gear. And um, I played, you know, it's just everyone saying go Bears and just high-fiving each other. And people I saw out wearing cow hats, I was, like, saying go Bears. They're like, it actually feels great to wear it and not feel ashamed today. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, this is glorious. <laughs> It, it felt like I was in like a Disney movie, you know, like where the character birds are chirping, like, you know, everything's all nice. Like nothing can go wrong today. And, oh, I tried to even revisit <laughs> the moments and it's like a dream. It was a dream, but then it I woke up and then I just rewatch everything over and over. I can't and you realize it's real life. It's yeah. real life. I watched the fi- I watched the fourth, fourth quarter before I went to bed last night. Because we watched it in the stands. So we had no idea what it was like to watch it on TV. And, man, it was even more glorious to watch it, like, to watch, like, the actual plays unfold. 
And Starkey's call was pretty good on the radio, I thought. Yeah. Like, pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. It was weird he didn't say Chase's name. <laughs> He's just was like, the quarterback. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, like, you know who that is, right? <laughs> what if he says, like, Bowers to the outside. <laughs> Chase Garblers. <laughs> <laughs> and Monsters running it in. <laughs> no, not quite. But uh, Chigosia Nusium <laughs> takes it outside. <laughs> the quarterback. Uh yeah, Robbie Rouse. <laughs> like, all right, so I thought that Ted Robinson's call. I so like. Here's the thing, I love Ted Robinson. I love Ted Robinson. This is, he, but this is also because you're a Niners fan. No, it's actually it dates back to tennis. Okay, so Ted Robinson would. I think he's a really good tennis announcer. Yes, um, and then yeah, like I liked him uh, on the Niners broadcast too. But it's better now. <laughs> Um, and, but I've always long kind of felt that Ted is a little bit of a Stanford Homer. Yes, it, he is. It just seems like, and so when I was, I intentionally went back to watch the highlights to be like, Ooh, Ted Robinson had to call a big game with <laughs> yeah. the cat. Like, Ooh, yeah. And I was disappointed. So it was like, he got all excited about the Stanford touchdown at the beginning of the game because the way I can tell that Ted gets more excited for Stanford than Cal is because he calls the plays the same, but the second thing that he says right after the play happens, he has way more enthusiasm in that for Stanford than he does for Cal. Yeah, for Cal, it's just like, oh, it's a touchdown, Bears! Yeah, and then end. end. But then Stanford will be like, oh, and there's a receiver, and he's open! Touchdown, Stanford! And it'll be like, what a throw! Yeah, yeah. You know? And so he'll add that extra point onto yeah. it. And it's gotten to the point where now there was one game this year. Was it Washington State? I think it might have been Washington State where I felt like he really did. I did see him call like Cal better, but this one it was still obvious to me. Like, God, that play, like that was. I just felt like there there might not be a call that really uh, does it justice. Yeah, it does the play justice, unfortunately, because I think like the beauty of that and give Pawlowski credit. Like the beauty of that was that he did kind of say after uh in the call that he made with starkey that chase like a guy had an arm on chase's shoulder and like that's the beauty of that it's like if he gets sacked there we have no timeouts left yeah we're scrambling back like trying to make a play happen and then it's oh seven it's i mean it's it's, oh seven like it feels like that right you have you're like you have i think we did have a timeout left no did we had have we used up all our timeouts i felt like we had one left in this game yeah no we had to take it because i think uh did we take it when we got? We take it. I, we we took it. We were out of timeouts. Okay. Yeah, we took the last timeout on the last drive, and I think it was either because we did a run play that got stuffed, or, or we got a sack, or something. Something behind the line happened. We had to take the timeout, so that was it. Well, let's dive right into it. Uh, our dear friend uh, Peter Venmoed us last night after the win, but he sent us uh, he sent us a, an amount of money. And he told us to get a nice bottle for the podcast. I had already purchased this bottle last week. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, not not for strike me as a brandy guy. Yeah, but not for this in particular. I, uh, my parents are here visiting, and we went up to Napa, and we uh, stopped by uh, the Oxbow Market in downtown Napa. And oh, I'm going to go there uh, in at the end of this week. Beautiful. It's <laughs> inside. They had I didn't know, but one of the one of the shops changed and it became a distillery shop. And I was walking around and I saw this one and I was like, I kinda wanna buy it and try it. So Andy has it in his hand right now. Andy, you wanna read the back and what the name of the, the brandy is? Yeah. So the name of the brandy, which is 
so appropriate is the Grand California. Uh, it's orange flavored, and I will not read the whole thing, but I'll just say it's delicious and elegant, and it can be enjoyed neat, which is what we're going to do now. Yeah, so Andy's going to pop it open, pour, pour two for us. He's going to open it. Yeah, just rip it. There you go. There you go. Oh, that <laughs> ASMR. That ASMR right there. Oh, boy. I think that's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Is that plenty? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, boy. Oh, that oh. one's that. All right, let me top that up. Okay. All right. Here we go. And cheers to the axe being in its rightful place. Go Bears. And that is delicious. Yeah, it's good. I can't yeah. have too much of that. Yeah. You want to put the top back on for me? <laughs> yes. Uh, but we're drinking Grand California from Napa Distillery as we talk about California's grand victory last night. Before we get into the, the game itself, we're both there. We both attended the same tailgate. We both sat next to each other pretty much the entire game. But I just want you to give like your just set the set the mood, set the environment in which like we entered into that stadium, like what it was like for the people that just weren't there in Palo that weren't able to make that trip down to Palo Alto. It was a beautiful midsummer, but actually November day down on the farm as it's known in Palo Alto, California, where Stanford is has its home and all things terrible go to be terrible. And we went down into the Grove, had a wonderful tailgate put on by many great cow people. As Nam said, if there happened to be a drone strike that hit that tailgate, most of Cal's Twitter universe would have been taken out. So uh, we then stormed in through the gates, which actually took about 45 minutes to get into the stadium because Stanford doesn't know anything about efficiency. And uh, then got into the field, and it was actually just unbelievably hot <laughs> unbelievably hot the sun had was hitting directly into where we were sitting um and i was sitting up in the top stands at the beginning of the game uh and then i came down to meet up with rob and we ended up in the end zone where all of the action happened all of cal's touchdowns happened in our end zone in that end zone and all of the touchdowns in the entire game happened in that end zone no no not the first uh, Stanford man, touchdown man. to the other end. Sorry, I was still in yeah. security for that one. <laughs> uh, and it was glorious. I mean, so they announced 48,000, and I think that was a lie. I mean, I think there were a lot of people that didn't come. Uh, I'd say it wasn't quite half and half, but like there were several Go Bears chants in the stadium that were very loud and – you know, the the beautiful thing about Stanford is it's such a horrible name to have to say. So when you're saying, like, go Bears, you can get it out much faster. And then if they try to do Stanford after the go, it was like, Stanford. And then so it sounds like, go Stan Bears. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, so. Yeah, they can't hijack our chance. They can't. It's, yeah. Right? Where it's, it's like ducks and bears, like, you're kind of yeah, on equal yeah. footing there. So it's it's harder. But as the visiting team, it's much. So we sort of felt, I felt like we were taking over the stadium a little bit. Um, but yeah, more so than anything else, there was a lot of self-doubt, a lot of self-doubt. So when they first scored, I was like, eh, that's fine. We're going to come back and score. And yeah. we did. Yep. Yeah. And then it was 10, seven. And I was like, ah, oh, that was, it was good field goals. Classic David Shaw. And then we go down and by the miracle, 
some miracle, Greg Thomas hits that field goal. His and longest of his career. Longest of his career. It was and 47, and his that was his longest, and he hit a 49-yarder. I was pissed about not going for it. And I know it was like fourth and seven, I yeah. think. And I was like, just go for it. And my parents were like, what is wrong with you? Like, let's get the field goal. I'm like, nah, let's go. <laughs> and he's been playing too much mad. Yeah. And then, uh, so 10-10. And then we get the ball uh, and drive down the whole field and turtle it up right before the end of the half. And I think that fundamentally was the thing that stuck in my head for about a quarter and a half. Yeah. And then we botched the field goal attempt that yeah. would have given us the lead going into halftime. So, I mean, that was like the end result of a myriad of results that just drove me crazy where like we didn't take any end zone shots when we got the ball in the field. We had that running play, which didn't make any sense. It just was nuts. And I just was like, so perplexed by the offensive play calling there. And, and it was one of those things that sort of felt so the reason why that seems so important is because, you know, we go down 17, 10, and then, you know, you sort of like, oh, it should be like 17-13 or maybe it should even be 17-17. And then all of a sudden it's like Stanford's driving down at the end when it's 17-17. It's the field goal and we're like, can we get the stop? Stanford's going to win on a stupid field goal that we should have made because it was a gimme. Like, you know, like all of these things. And it's like all of that's going through my head. And that's the negative feedback loop that I can get myself into. Well, it's, <laughs> it's we, it, it felt like it felt like Tom Cruise's Edge of Tomorrow, right? Mm. We're, we're reliving the last three like years. 20, 2017, yeah, for sure. Where they had about seven minutes left on the clock at the end of the game, and they're driving down the field, and they're just going to run out the clock, hit the field goal with like a minute left to go, and you know we're not going to have enough juice to bring it back and score and win. Like It, it felt going in that trend. But it did not. But it didn't. It did not. We broke the cycle. Broke the cycle, oh. and I think like the Nico touchdown that happened right in front of us was was epic. And then as soon as we got that stop, it sort of felt like, oh yeah, we got this. I just it was just like one of those weird feelings. I mean, to say that about our offense, yeah, which we've had issues with all season, the whole season, if not more. And to say like, remember the Washington game? Let's go back. Let's go all the way back. Washington game, we get the ball back, and the th- our thought was, okay, we get the ball back, and this game's over. You well, know? I told you it was over. You said we were going to score, right? But. I mean, for the most part, like <laughs> my blind optimism. So, uh, you know, I also said we were going to beat Stanford 28 to 10 and that didn't exactly come true. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we go to the Washington game. We didn't have that faith, but when it came to this game, I was begging to get the offense to have the ball one more time. Begging. Yeah. I was like, just give them the ball. I don't care. Get the three. That's fine. Uh, but you know, just give us one more shot and, my goodness, Trevin Clark, what a catch! Nico, what a catch! Chase, what a run! Oh, glorious! Yeah. I mean, before we move any further, I need to run through some of the stats because some of the stats from this game is just just ridiculous. So, these are the stats for the 122nd big game, where Cal beats a nine-year losing streak and returns the axe to Berkeley, California. Bears win 24-20. Uh, led behind Chase Garbers, 20 of 30, no interception, 285 yards, one touchdown thrown. He also rushed for a net gain of 89, or a gain of 89, but a net of 72 and a touchdown. Christopher Brown Jr., 18 rushes for 59 yards. Receiving-wise, Nico Remigio with his explosion game of the year of his, if not his career. Nine catches, 157 yards and a touchdown. Stanford, on the other hand, Davis Mills uh, getting the start, 26 of 35, two interceptions, 283 yards, and only one touchdown. Cameron Scarlett, 12 carries for 31 yards and one touchdown. 
Should have gone Cal. Bottled him up. <laughs> Some of the other things. Cal, 22 first downs. Stanford just 15. Net rushing, Cal 139. Stanford 61. Passing, Cal 285. Stanford 283. Like, total offensive yards, 424 for Cal, 344 for Stanford. I believe the yards per play... Uh, we're 6.3 for Cal and 5.8 for Stanford. So it's about a half yard, half yard difference per play, which is, according to our dear friend Nam, pretty significant because you have to multiply it by the total number of plays like at the end of the game. So it's pretty sizable. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, third down conversions, exactly the same. Six of 13 for both teams, except Stanford won one of two on fourth down conversions and Cal did not attempt a single fourth down conversion. Defensively, I mean, Evan Weaver, 13 tackles, one tackle for loss. Cameron Bynum, 12 tackles. Uh, Jalen Hawkins, of course, I think probably was the defensive player of the game. Four tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, and one interception. Like <laughs> The man did everything. The man was all over the field. So, And that pick was uh, Sports Center top 10, play number six. Yeah, it didn't end up resulting in anything. The positioning was... I actually rewatched that interception. I think they should have placed the ball around the three is when he first came down with it, but they placed him at the one and we just did not have the space to operate. Um, I didn't realize it was like a one handed catch. Yeah. It was one. It looked yeah. like from, I thought he had two hands high pointing it yeah, like yeah. up here. And what actually happened is it looked like he kind of grabbed it with one came down with the other. Yeah. He Odell Beckham did it with like one hand. And then as he's bringing it down, he like, now, like cradled it with his other. Let's talk about that. That was a play directly after, right? Zionde Johnson had yes, he yes. gift. Of it was on that same an drive. interception. Yeah, well, Ball he goes up very softly into his hands. He jumped and he straight up. Might have had an open field to run yeah. that back in, and he would have had a defensive lineman pick six dropped it. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when my buddy and I were at the Giants game. And uh, Matt Hurgis, or was it Matt Hurgis? No, um, it was our other uh, pitching coach, uh, Mark Gardner, threw us a ball. And we got so excited. It was the easiest catch in the world. Just kind of floated it. Yeah, you just kind of underhand tossed it. All you had to do is stand there and catch the ball. You get so excited. So you're jumping up and down. (laughs) And then you're like, can't believe it's there. It's like a hot potato. And you're like, fumble it out. And we fumbled it in the chair. We got it, but like we didn't catch it. And you you look like an idiot. He like threw you a ball. You have a glove on. You didn't catch it. It was six feet away. Uh, that's what that play was like. It was like, Zionde must have been so excited. He's like, oh my God. He just dropped the ball. I'm like, oh my goodness. That was, uh, but yeah, that was a hell of a play by Jalen. I mean, I guess, I guess all we need to really talk about for the game is that second half, right? Because the first half was pretty like even and it was pretty even for both teams. And Cal's yard per play, I believe after the first quarter, was super low, right? I think it was in, uh, I think it was in like the fours or the fives, but then Stanford's was over ten at one point, um, in terms of yards per play because they kept hitting us on those slants to Parkinson and to Fehoko, and it we had no answer for it, and I felt like they're just gonna keep going to that until we double them up and put a safety over the top and come crashing down. That's what we did. I mean, it's, it's what happened in twenty eighteen. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, with, with our but Sega they had Art Sega Whiteside, yeah, and that and was they didn't like have, no, but yeah, huge difference. Yeah, but I mean, 
that was the thing, right? All of us were watching that first half, and we were like, that's how they're going to beat us. They're going to keep throwing that pass. We're going, Our corners aren't big enough, and our safeties aren't fast enough, especially with Ashton Davis out too. Yeah. Just they're not quick enough to, to crash down and, and hit them hard to force to dislodge the ball. And we just played soft zone into those areas, and they kept getting, what, 14 yards? Yeah. 14 yards, 15 yards, 13 yards. That's it. unstoppable. It's kind of a side point, but when you brought that up, it was like one of the funny things about when you're sitting in kind of like the older alumni section versus sitting with you guys. So like when I was up there in that section for the first half, like I was screaming players' names on almost every play. So I'd be like, come on, Chase. They're like, great catch, Nico. Like, or like, you know, just like every yeah. single player was a first name basis. And then everyone was like looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? Because <laughs> like, he knew all their names. Like at one point in his late turn, I was like, this guy, this guy knows like all the players. <laughs> and then I go down to you guys and I'm like, how's the game been so far? And it's like, oh, well, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> You know, we our full analysis mode. Trey Turner's not crashing down as well as he should be over the top. And, you know, our corner's getting beat in the slants and like this and that. Like, la, la, la. Like the, and I'm just like, okay, I'm with my people. <laughs> <laughs> These are my people. I have a fully accepted. You fully embraced the, the full analytics that go on in a game whilst we're still cheering <laughs> as the game goes on. Man with a hot dog in his pocket. Oh god! Oh god! That Dude, photo is that photo is somewhere on Twitter too. It is um, so good. Yeah, and like if you get the full Namley experience, it's like him like shouting out like eleven personnel on the left. <laughs> yeah. It's a run to the left. It's a run to the left. And then it's a run to the left, yeah. right? And and he just turns around. He's like, "What does this guy know? He just he just called out the play before that even happened." Uh, what well, I. <laughs> Oh, you know what my favorite was? Oh, this is going to make me sad. But uh, my my uh, father-in-law turned over to me and goes, what do you think they should run here? And I think it was like the third and short when we were closing the second, or closing the first half. Okay. And I was like, well, we're probably going to run it because we're running with a power a power formation to the left left side. But I was like, what I would want here would be this formation with play action. Yeah, and bootleg it out. And I was like, but we never do it. And you know what we did? <laughs> we play ran. action. And I literally stood up and I go, play action. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, people are looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, what is going on? The whole alumni are like, staring like, uh, like sorry, could we get him removed? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. needs to sit down with his peoples down there. <laughs> oh, man. I, it was, it was great. I, you know, like, I mean, I want you sat actually a few rows behind us, like with your parents and mm -hmm. your father-in-law. But like that final drive, right? I asked this to Nam too, but I wanted to ask you this: At what point? At what point did you know we had this? Like <laughs> when Chase, when Chase Garbers walked okay. in. The well, yeah, when Chase Garbers walked into the end zone. But, like, maybe I moved to, like, 80%. I think we have this when Nico made the catch. That got us into the red zone, right? That's, yeah. Like, yeah. Trevin Clark had the amazing one down the sideline. I'm like, all right, awesome. That's huge because we got a you know, huge amount. Now we're in, like, somewhat field goal. Yeah. And then, so somewhat field goal. He range. made that amazing. You know, I mean, field goal range didn't matter, though, right? No, we were they were up three. 
A field goal would have tied it. Oh, yeah. The, the touchdown gave us a four-point advantage. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, so we're in field goal range. So Trevin, like, yes. And then uh, and then Nico, I was like, yeah, 80%. And then Garber's obviously 100%. What about you? I For me, I think it's the Nico catch. I think as soon as the Nico catch happened, I'm like, holy crap. We're doing it. We're doing this. Like, we're not, we're, like, we're not effing up. And all in all, like, if we want to play, like, the super, like, rational, objective version of that final, like, run play that got Chase into the end zone. I, I said this to you guys when we were um, – we'll talk about this in a little bit. But, like, our after-the-game escapades, um, I was like, I felt like if – if Adebo had played, if Adebo had played, he probably would have been that corner that was on Nico, which means that he probably would have done a better job disengaging from Nico earlier to get to not let him seal the edge, and would have gotten chased down. I I do think so. I mean, he's a what first round, second round NFL like cornerback, like you know all Pac twelve, all that good stuff. So I feel like he had the talent to be able to do that. I just don't think the guy who came in had enough experience and know-how to do so. And he, like, tried to look for the holding call. Like, you see him after Nico disengages because he gets past – when Garbers gets past him, Nico disengages. And he kind of, like, shifts his, like, weight to the outside, the corner does, to make it look like he was, like, held or, like, shoved. And he, like, lifts his hands up in the air. Mm. But there was a no-call. Like, it's it's a clear no-call. So I think that was one of the moments I was like, Wow, like that injury might have actually helped us win this game. Granted, they had a they have so many injuries this year. Everything just the stars aligned and our offense clicked. Their offense started to sputter, and then of course, conservative play calling by David Shaw. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, you go, every year we play Stanford, and you can just kind of uh, another one of the weird things was that I was yelling from the stands would be like on third <laughs> third down and fourth down I'd start screaming punt the ball David punt the ball <laughs> like, be like and then when they lined up for the field goal I was really confused I was like it was really hard to see where the down and distance was so I was like why are they kicking this is a punt this is a clear punt situation David but yeah it's amazing how much we can count on that um I think a bolder coach might have even gone for it when it was like fourth and four when they kicked the field goal um but Hey, I'm happy they didn't. I'm happy he doesn't do that. I'm happy we have the axe, and uh, it's it totally changes up. Uh, I I I said this multiple times yesterday. I think one win got Wilcox two years of job security. Yep. I mean, we could lose we could lose nine games next year, and I, I don't I don't think people would just be like, yeah, we get the axe. All the streaks are over. Well, I dare say two wins got him that. Like the SC SC win last year, compiled with. Yeah, the Stanford win this year. I mean, it's amazing we didn't beat California schools at all under Sunny Dykes. Yep, at all. At and all. we finally beat UCLA, but they were garbage. And then, you know, Wilcox has come in and he's beaten USC. He's beaten Stanford, and, and we should have beaten Stanford in 2017. Being UW twice, UW used to dominate us, and it's like outside of Jared's. Remember Jared's run? Oh yeah, on fourth down. I mean, yeah. that was like to end the streak, you know, with yeah. against Washington. So. I'm super stoked that Cal is no longer a school that has just ridiculously long streaks going against them. Yeah. No more. No, I, th- We talked about this. The only streak that now remains is like a nine-year streak against Arizona. But it doesn't really count because we only play them every two years. 
Yeah. I mean, so that doesn't count. And uh, yeah, we should have won so many of those games. The big thing here is if you look at like all of the stats, right? You compile all the stats. You compile like the stats of how the game went, not like how it ended, but like how it progressed. There's zero way that Cal should have been in this game. Like there's like just the field position that we gave up, like where they had the ball to start, where we had the ball to start on most of our drives, like with compiled with like our past and how our offense played in the, like previously and how our defense have been bleeding yards over the last few games, like all of that compounded, we shouldn't have been in this game like it went along. Mm. But somehow by the miracle of Oski, like we're in this game, like it's tied going in a half and all of us are deflated because we got that field goal blocked. But then like the second half rolls around and, like, there's a bit of a no, 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 no. But then all of a sudden we get the ball back and everyone's like a yes, 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 yes. And I guess there's no other there's no other better transition here than to talk about what in what conspired after. Like, Cal gets the stop on fourth and one. They go to review. It basically shows that he was down before the marker. The call is not overturned. The call is, I believe he said stands. Or called, I can't remember, or confirmed. Yeah. At that point, it didn't matter. I couldn't because he didn't say. <laughs> we were as way long too as, busy. Yeah, as long as he didn't say overturned. Yeah, we were like all we saw was him pointing the direction of Cal, yeah. and it was just bedlam. Yeah, it was pandemonium. Like everyone's jumping up and down. Nam is crying. Um, like <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Nam is on knee. Nam is on his at knees. the bottom of the section. Yeah. This is like as if like we won the Olympics, <laughs> or like we won the Rose Bowl on a knee. Like, I mean, just the sheer—you just gotta love it. You the just sheer joy, gotta love it. Just yeah. unfiltered, untainted joy. I'm shocked I didn't cry. I thought I was going to, but but I you and I have experienced this. I think that's that's the key for a lot of these these guys that are a little bit younger than us. It's. We saw us win a big game in college. Multiple years. Yeah. Some of these guys have never seen the axe in our possession. To the point where when I went to when I went to church today and I saw some of the younger college kids there and we were talking. Because some, some of them apparently were at the game. But I didn't get to see them. And they were like, yeah, we, we've never. Well, first of all, they've never seen this ever. <laughs> and second, they were like asking me like, like so what happens with the axe? Like they they have no idea because they they haven't ever experienced this before, you know. Like that's that's the crazy part about this, and that's why I think Nam was just so much more. Yeah, with the feels, it makes sense. All of his college life, he had never seen us win the axe, and finally, like after college, and he's like done with grad school. He's like in another stage of his life where he sees us take back the axe. Oh, I can only imagine. But like just. Just run us through what, like, so we get the ball back. Chase takes the knee. And what happened? Barely even remember that. <laughs> uh, so I think I jumped around high-fiving, ran down. Then we run down to the section where the security guard initially is like, whoa, no. whoa, whoa. And then you just see people streaking across the field from the left. And then everyone just stops listening to the security guard and hopping the fence. And he just lets everyone go at that point. Yeah. And we run around the fence and then sprint onto the field. And then 
all I can tell you is I remember being there, like, hands up in the air, hands up in the air. And then we were just in the middle of a sea of people with all of the football team around us. I think Tevin Paul and um, Ben Hawk Schreider. Hawk Schreider. Coin Dang. Coin Dang. And we're, like, going up, like, hey, good job. And by the way, like, we see these guys. I mean, I mean, particularly Rob sees these guys a lot. But, like, I see these guys in press conferences all the time. So, imagine, like going from seeing someone in a press conference to having them be surrounding you with chants of, we got the ax, we got the ax. <laughs> Just, you gotta love the fan blog aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. And we were in the middle of that for a very long time. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're like, Hey, that's Mike Silver. I'm like, Hey Mike, <laughs> how about that win? Yeah. He just turns and looks and goes like this look of like exhaustion. Just, <laughs> couldn't believe it and moves on <laughs> what was do you remember what tevin paul said to you uh <laughs> he just i just remember you guys oh, yeah, made yeah. eye contact and i was like yeah wait what what <laughs> yeah yeah he just kind of looked over at me and goes this is crazy and i was like i didn't even acknowledge i didn't say good game and then i just go yeah man <laughs> <laughs> He's had a heartfelt moment in the middle of this sea of crowd. Yeah. I don't know what, what conspired him to look at you and say it. He's like, but this he's, is you crazy. guys made eye contact. Yeah. And he was just like, this is, this is insane. It's just, it's so, it was such a weird feeling. Because like in 09, obviously I knew like everyone on the team. And, and it was like, you know, one of those things where I was like out celebrating. But then I also had to go back and take care of all the equipment <laughs> to make sure we didn't get stolen. Um but then this year, it's like it's so weird because I know I feel like I know all the players. I mean, because I've watched so many of the interviews and been, been in those rooms, been all the press conferences, yeah. and you know, and seen them in those ways in over the last couple of seasons. But then I still don't actually know them. You know, like when we went up to GA, and then uh, who is it? Um, Rico like went up and was like, "Hey, coach," yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, "Oh, should I should yeah. I have said something?" <laughs> But yeah, it's like it's pretty cool. It was it was uh I think Wilcox actually really nailed it in his post game press conference when he's like it's one of those things when you just see the pure joy in people's faces and the fans and the alumni and the players and the families and and then everyone that you know everyone that's involved in coaching staff. I mean, I don't think that's something that any of those players are gonna forget. And then it's also something that I think they'll pass on to you know that sticks with the people the guys that are freshmen. Um, yeah. and the guys that are sophomores and they'll carry that to the, the guys that came in and be like, Hey, we got to do this because what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was too much, too much fun. Honestly. Yeah. There's like, fun. there's so many things that went on. Uh, I took, I had like a, a, like a gimbal camera that I took with me and recorded from Andy and I from the top of the stairs running out on the field and then running onto the field and then for like a good five minutes of like us in the mosh pit, like I put it up on my TV last night and watched it. Like, oh man, like I'm so excited to like edit it and then put it up. Um, but, I am waiting with bated breath. Yeah, but it'll be up. It'll be up tomorrow. Uh, but like I took so many little clips of like us entering the stadium, like us in there, then us leaving the stadium, like us leaving like through the tunnel. Like I'm going to edit it into like a full on like two, two minute or three minute video that people can watch to like get like what the fan experience was like sitting in the end zone to like getting onto the field and experiencing with the players. Um, but Holy crap. Like I, I, I told you when we were in that, when we were in that like mosh pit, I was like, dude, I'm so claustrophobic. right now. <laughs> like, it was, it was the, the weather was like a decently cool day, but 
But like it being in there with all those people and then all those players who had just played a football game, yeah. the the heat emanating <laughs> from people just around you. Oh my goodness. It was really hot. It, it got was really so stuffy. Oh. Luckily I've had like concert experiences, so I've been like I'm used to this, but it was like yeah, I mean, your arms are, like, locked together. and, and But the funny part is you're just not used to see. And the aerial pictures are sick because yeah. you can see all of the white jerseys and the helmets. And so it almost makes this, like, cool little design in and amongst the fans. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. Oh, Should we do questions? Yeah, let's move on to questions. But, sure. I mean, overall. What, a, a plus. What a day. What a day. What a day. What a day. And to all my <laughs> buddies who did not come. Including one of them who I'm not going to mention by name, but I did see on Instagram petting goats. On <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing? Where were you guys?" Uh, I think next year the big game will be very well attended, and I think we needed that. I think there needed to be some faith restored. Shout out! Shout out to Nam's friend Sam, who Nam ditched by the way, and was stuck with you and I, and she was in that mosh. She's Cal grad too, so. But she was in there with us. And that poor girl, man. I didn't even know it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, hey. Like, she was in there with us. And she, she's like, she's of, of a smaller stature. Yeah. And there were moments where she was basically being ping-ponged. <laughs> like, in between, like, you, me, and, like, a whole bunch of other people in front of us. Like, as we're jumping up and down in this mosh pit. Like, you and I had, like, lost our minds at one point, too. And then we looked down, and she's right, she's, like, right yeah, there. And we're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Sam. We're so sorry. <laughs> she has a picture with Coin Dang, and the world needs to see that photo. <laughs> it's like the photo with, like, I have a photo with, uh, I think, Max Zang or Devon Harden. And, like... I'm a I'm a good like six one and a half. I look like I'm like five two. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those photos. I think Shaq took a picture with what was it a like LSU player, uh, who's like six <laughs> like six five and he looks tiny. <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, let's dive right into the questions. We got a bunch from people, uh, but before I go into the questions, I do want to say I just want to tell everyone, send us like comments too. Like we love like. We love like reading off like just funny comments or like things we might not have picked up while we were watching the game that you might have seen. So please send us those. We got a couple of those, but let's get into it. Uh, Alex uh, Khalifa, who's one of our writers on the site, says, I saw some griping fans and read about a missing face mask and uncalled pass interference. Hmm, yeah. In your opinion, how did the officials perform? The face mask? I don't know. The face know. mask was, uh, I remember that play. I think and... that was a no I rewatched it on the TV yeah. or when I rewatched it. I think it was no call because I get what they were saying. Cause it's his head twists, but his hand his hand goes across the face mask, but it mm. never grabs onto it. Oh wow! And I think maybe maybe one of like the maybe the cloth of like his arm sleeve may have caught like maybe like you know one of the one of the little plastic pieces and maybe that's what did it. But yeah. you, the the hand never grabs. You never see his like fingers like curl in and grab part of the face mask, which is probably why the refs aren't going to call that if they don't see like the mm. full grasp of it. But yeah. I think the PI was there was one that I thought the uh, ending drive of the second half that or was it that one I, I thought there was a clear play that Trevin Clark had maybe it was when we were driving down and the drive stalled at the forty in the third quarter but I thought there was one play where there was a lot of contact on Clark and they didn't make the call I don't know man Pac-12's refs they're just 
you just can't rely on him. So it's such a wild card. You know, like as you said, that player that's looking for the call, it's a scary thing. Could you imagine? They could easily do it. Like they're yeah. Pac 12 refs. Hey, we can always point back to the UCLA game a couple years ago. Right? Yeah. So. All right, we got another one from Kevin. The offensive line played horrible. Garbers did well with his legs. However, he should have rolled out of the pocket. He should have to roll. Should not. Oh, he should not have to roll out of the pocket that much. Brown hardly had any running room as well, and Collins could get going either. Would you say that it will be harder to run the ball playing UCLA or dot, dot, dot? Um, I don't know. You want to take this one? You take it. I think, I think the offensive line played as well as they possibly could. We knew that their front seven was going to be probably their best aspect because they had so many other injuries. Like you, they've all they've always recruited well on the front seven with some huge bodies across the line, but I believe the sack totals were what three on yeah. Chase. Yeah, it was three sacks on Chase. So not great, but not terrible. I mean, there were a lot of moments where the pocket collapsed and he was trying to get out, and he just like by like. By like just like a string of like a shoulder pad, he like got caught and was was pulled down. So they'll get better. Um, like you look at McCain Metower, who's who like is a true freshman. And he's starting, and people had issues with him with all of the penalties he got when we played against Oregon. But the dude has improved significantly. Yeah. Till now, and he's playing really well right now. That's so. That's where this gets. So no one's going to look at this game, circle this game, be like, the O-line played great. I totally agree. I mean, Garbers was basically under pressure. And then it was weird. He would ha- There just wasn't any consistency with it. Because there was times when he would sit back there and do like five reads downfield and then would end up taking a sack. Yeah. And there were times when uh, you know he really didn't have that much time. Yeah, I mean, he took some coverage sacks yesterday where he time, has yeah. like five, six, sevens to, five, six seconds to throw, yeah. but there's no one to throw to. Yeah. So... But and yeah, as far as running lanes, there wasn't a lot. The best blocking that I saw, that actually was a great little play, was the Chris Brown touchdown. Yeah, um, they everyone completely executed on that play, and just you just see this whole like Chris Brown waits and this whole pops open and just runs right through just the hole. Through the through. touchdown. Yeah, it was yep. really cool. But the O line, when you get into next season. You start getting. I can start getting really excited about it because you're, we said this last year too, but even more so with this year leading into next year. Yeah, you're talking about year four of development under Greatwood now, and then uh, you're talking about guys that have experience that have been hurt uh, in Will Craig, and then you start looking at the guys here. Um, and is Safel like he's staying, he's a right? sophomore? The only one we're losing, Cran. Yeah. Yeah. So Curran's a huge loss, but I think it's a replaceable loss, and everybody else gets better. And so if you assume that we're going to have less injuries this year on the O line, it's it's. I think I can talk myself into being pretty excited about what you could do with that. Um, as we like to say, particularly if there's a you know new re- regime involved, which we both don't expect to happen. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about that at the end. But we got another one. Baldwin with Garber seems to be good. This is our friend Felipe Lopez on Twitter. Baldwin with Garber seems to be good, or at least good enough for us to win seven or eight games. Do you think that is true? And if so, is that good enough to give Baldwin one more year? Perfect uh, perfect transition question. First part, it is true. It is true that Baldwin does well with Garbers. Garbers, by, st- by like all our measurements, is undefeated on the road as long as he is like the unquestioned starter. The only question mark game was that Washington State game last year, but like we had him and McIlwain throw and play, and you know 
McIlwain lost that game. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's, that's like a no decision, right? So, yeah, he does. But at the same time, like, here's my question to you. Is it is it damning to an offensive coordinator if he can only succeed with one quarterback? Yeah. I also I also think that like what we're talking we're measuring Cal versus Cal and when you go to the national averages and you start saying is a Chase Garber's offense with a Bo Baldwin offense is that going to break the top 100 in, in 80, offense 90 I don't think so <laughs> so it's like yes it's the best version of the Cal offense without a doubt is it remotely to the level that I think everybody wants to get to? I don't think so. Is it basically is it competitive? It can be competitive enough because we have a good defense, but if we have, you know, we're going to transition a lot of players on defense next year, the offense has to be the unit that steps it up. And so I think I think Baldwin stays. I think uh that seems like continuity above all else and we're two bold two years in a bowl game and you know there's the foundation here now, especially with the axe, starts to look pretty bright. We can start kind of saying those things. Hey, Stanford, we beat Stanford this year in recruiting battles, right? We can go out there. And and so I do think that you can talk yourself into <laughs> keeping Bo Baldwin. I don't necessarily think it's maybe the right thing uh, for the program to do long term. I think like, you know, getting somebody else in would be, it definitely would be more fun for us because I think there's a higher ceiling. But uh We'll see. UCLA game might actually determine that too. You go seven and five, seven and five, yeah, you know, seven five, seven five, bat to back years, get you a bowl game win. You're not making that change. Yeah. All right. Next thing is our Anthony Baron. I believe that's how I spell his name on Twitter or say his name. What did you think, guys? What did you guys think of the handling of the Axe post game? Some uh, they dropped it and even ran over some girl along the way. We actually talked about this in the car ride uh, today. But, I mean, guys, guys, rally calm, guys, guys. If you're listening to this, give me a second here, all right? First off, I understand we haven't won the Axe in nine years. I understand the excitement. But, can we at least act like we've been here? <laughs> Is it true? I don't know. If, if you are a rally calm member and you know the answer to this, I, I sincerely and genuinely am asking you, to let us know if that is how it's like in the bylaws to go down, where you basically grab the axe from Stanford and just run off in the other direction <laughs> in in a unit in a unit in a unit in like in like like a like a, a VIP you know guarded unit where you're like holding As if you were protecting him. the president. <laughs> yes, uh, like I would like to know. I would genuinely like to know because God, man, it is. I I guarantee you. I guarantee you, if we had like just walked up to them, taken the axe from them while staring them in the eye and turned around and walked away, that is so much more degrading to that Stanford like axe committee or whatever they call themselves. So much more than us acting like, holy crap, we got it. Let's take it and run. Let's take it and run. Everybody, (laughs) square formation, sprint, full speed. Watch out for that chair. Boom. All right, you're bleeding from the neck. Get back up and get out there and run faster. We also would like to know, where did you guys run to? We saw you guys run. How did they miss the chair? 
I don't understand how they missed the chair. The, it is a chair. Like, how did you not see the chair? Oh my gosh! Like, not only did you did you run in that direction, fall, get back up, and then start running again, and then you knock over some girl who is a Cal <laughs> fan just trying to get onto the field. Let's have let's have some clarity and like acknowledgement of the environment. Like you could have walked around with it in that circle and no one would have really gotten in your face about it. Yeah. Everyone would have given you the room. If anything, the alumni probably would have formed a, a bigger circle around you and given you the room to move. But please Please, if we keep the axe next year, can we not turn around and run in the opposite direction? Can... I don't know. At this point, you might just have to keep running. <laughs> I would so genuinely like to know. Like, It's a genuine question of ours. Yeah, does anyone have the answer? I have no idea. Yeah, is I have... this how it's normally done? Is this like the Yeah, do you usual... take it and run? Is that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> just take it and run in formation. And then where are you taking it to? Yeah. You didn't take it. Uh, you clearly didn't take it to the middle of the field because you yeah. were running around the I outside. I actually was really confused. At some point, I was looking around. I was like, "Where's the axe? It's got to be here." <laughs> yeah. Like, why is it not floating up? Yeah. Why you know? is Weaver not like lift hoisting yeah. it up into the air? Like, yeah. where where are these photos? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, our rally camp rally comp team ran off with it, tripped over a chair. Some it was not elegant. It was not elegant. Cut in the jugular. <laughs> it was bleeding from her neck. I mean, whoever that poor girl champion. is, she's, she's a champ. She's definitely the champ. Give her if a scholarship. Yeah. If she's not the Rallycom chair by her senior year, I don't know what you guys are doing. She literally bled for the axe. <laughs> literally bled. And she's took a probably, picture. Yeah. She's probably the only person outside of the football team that bled for the axe. She yeah. deserves it. Yeah. She deserves She's the MVP. She's the real MVP. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we got another one from Mario. What was up with the conservative play call to end the half? Also, it seemed to me like a lot of throws were to the sidelines. Did that look to be by design, or was Ford focused on covering the middle of the field? Uh, well, I'm sure some of that, but I hated it, all of it. It was really frustrating to not take an end zone shot there, if not twice. I mean, we just instead really of, buttoned instead up. Instead of the field goal. I, I not I'm not instead of the field goal, but like before that happened, we had right. you know we did the play to Clark where I think Chase like overthrew the ball out to the outside, and then we had the running play which made zero sense and took a bunch of time off the clock, and then um, you know we just kind of got into that position and did what we've done sometimes where we just kind of you know turtled up. But um, I'm glad it didn't matter, but it could have played a much bigger role in the game, and it for all intents and purposes it really did. Because we could have been playing with the lead for most of the second half rather than, you know, at some point being behind. What also did matter was Stanford burning some early timeouts in the second half, which yeah. I was sitting there going, like, I hope this comes back to bite them. And it kind of did. Did. Thank God. All right. We got another one from VW Chen. Bold prediction thus far. Preferred bold and opponent. So let me tell you this. Most bold predictions today that were released today, most of them have us against Indiana – in the uh, Red Box Bowl, which is here in Santa Clara. Please, 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 please. They also have us against Boise State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Which would you prefer if we're only going by those two? <sighs> Boise State might be fun because then we would get a chance to look at a potential O coordinator candidate. Um, Just like our friend Adams always says on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's necessarily as fun to play someone that's – 
not in a power five conference. I think the power five opponents tend to be a little bit more fun because if you're playing with someone that's outside of the conference, not only are they geared up for that game more because they want to make sure that they're proving themselves. Uh, but yeah, it just sort of feels like that more of an underdog tilt. And so I would rather play Indiana because I mean, they're in big 10 and I don't really think like Indiana's, I think we could beat a team like Indiana. So I also think it would be dope to be in the Levi's press box. So personally, selfishly, I would like to go. We were we would be there like three hours before kickoff, just like walking around, like just walking no around the field, walking doubt. around the press box. Like, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, um, I would love to see the Red Box Bowl happen, and I think the Red Box Bowl would love to see that happen too, because then they would get you know actual fans that would attend the game. Yeah, that'd be the second time in about ten years that we've played in San Francisco because we played in the Emerald Bowl, which yeah. is formally what the San Francisco Bowl is. Yep. We played Miami in that chain that Chamberine like destruction. Game was awesome. Miami. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh we got some comments here. Uh Joe at his uh Twitter handle is at classy. Yesterday was another momentous memory in Calflex history. Hashtag go bears. That is very true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Uh we got another one. True or false? <laughs> this is this is from the at not Chase Garbers account. Okay. <laughs> True or false? Bears go undefeated. Garber starts every game. This is a true fact. <laughs> this is this is an actual true fact. What? If Garber's if Garber starts, no. Oh, he's talking about the season as a whole. <laughs> Are okay. you serious? We would not beat Utah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'd beat Utah. No way. But There's we could. No way. But we did have this conversation. Was it yesterday? We could talk ourselves into potentially beating Oregon. Yeah. And handedly beating ASU. I don't know about handily, but I think we beat we handle US, ASU, yeah. Okay, we handily beat OSU. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So at least at least two. Okay, the line would be at what two and a half wins. I'm telling you, Cloud Nine wins wasn't that ridiculous. No, it it wasn't. It really wasn't. It was right there. But looking back at it, like, I just yeah. I mean I don't know. Oregon's a tough tough one to say we would want. The only reason why I was making the argument last night is because of the turnover margin and the probability of some of the team losing a game. <laughs> that has a plus three in the turnover margin is really, really, really low. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we might have a better shot at that, but Oregon's defense is so good. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that was realistic that you could say that game, but I don't think there's any chance in hell that you could say we could beat Utah should be in the playoff. Yeah. Utah should I be. am rooting hard for Utah to make the playoffs. Oh, we all should be. Yeah. Every Cal fan should be rooting that Utah gets in because the moment Utah gets into the playoffs, all of us get pushed up one bowl. Yeah. All of us do. Yeah. As long as it doesn't take a El Paso. Oh, please, please, please. No. Please, no. <laughs> please. The Holiday Bowl, please. I would, oh. I would be so happy. San with Diego that. New Year's. Yeah. All right, we got another one. Uh, what will we do about the defense once uh, our gods and Evan Weaver, Davis, Dang, and Bynum are gone? I think the defense is going to be fine. So, Drayden's staying. Drayden's staying. He's looking Richard. Amazing. Dang will stay. Dang, yeah. Coin's going to stay. I think Elijah staying. Yeah. There's no chance I see Elijah going. I think Cam Bynum might even stay. Which means Luke Beckett and Deonde getting that third year or that sixth year of eligibility. Yeah. Also increases. Yeah. I think I think Cam like Cam and Elijah have gotten beat in ways that I, makes me think they could just get one more year and really improve their draft draft position. Um, but their measurables will be good. So. And then as far as replacing Weaver, like Weaver's a huge loss, but like we immediately 
have like coin. And then on top of it, we've been waiting for Mr. Insulatos. Yeah. Uh, so patiently awaiting his arrival. Um, I think the big thing is getting people down on D line. Like we need to get more pressure and we need to get it from, you know, somebody besides Brett Johnson, who's an absolute beast, but there's, you know, the defense I think could be a 50 S and P plus defense next year. Yeah. And that's plenty good enough for us to continue this trend of, you know, playing, you know, being competitive in almost every game each year. Yeah. And that's also your compounding thought, right? Is that, we might have to rely on our offense more next year because Garbers is upperclassmen. Chris Brown, upperclassmen. Most of our O line, upperclassmen. Our receivers, Trevin Clark, upperclassmen. Um, Kikoa, upperclassmen. Kukoa, Kukoa Stain? He's only a junior. Oh, great. Kukoa, upperclassmen. Nico, upperclassmen. Uh, Nico, upperclassmen. Jeremiah Hawkins, upperclassmen. Right. Like, um, Deshaun Collins, upperclassman. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is an experienced team um, in a so-called really hard system to get. So I think a big question that I have is can you bring Bo Baldwin back without signing a multi-year commitment, right? He's not going to take one year and be like, hey, let's do it one more time, Bo. Like you're going to have to commit to him for multiple years. And that's the question is like, are you committing to the Bo Baldwin experience for multiple years from now? And I think that is a humongous decision that is facing Wilcox. Yeah, big time. All right, we got some more. Why was Baldwin seemingly exclusively calling run plays on first downs? That's from our friend Ty at Rhodes Road on Twitter. We'll see what you think first. I think it's purely to set up all the play action and RPO that we did later. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I honestly think it's just a setup. Just I mean, does, if it just does it simply to keep defenses honest. Yeah, and if we, if, it if it works, we'll keep doing it, right? I mean, it's just like a on first down, we'll try it on you, and then if not, we're gonna either pull it out and run play action, or we'll RPO it, and that's pretty much how we got a lot of our yards. There were some good runs. <laughs> we didn't have any good runs. Like there were some runs where we got seven, six, seven yards mm -hmm. on them. But on the drives that we scored, we tended to do everything well, balanced, running and passing. Um. Ty also sends us another one. He says, I think players and fans enjoyed interacting after the game. They should bring back fan day next year. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I think all anyone would agree. Yeah. It's a great point. If someone was close to the program and for whatever reason, listening to this, I think it would be smart because all the players. Seem the to only like reason it. I have this football right here that's signed by the entire offense of 2015 is because of fan day. <laughs> because of fan day. All right. That's pretty much it. Any other closing thoughts of before we wrap up this big game pod? Beat the baby bears, get seven wins. I'm I don't feel totally confident in us getting the win, but maybe UCLA checks out with absolutely nothing on the line. And uh yeah, I mean let's go get a bowling. Have you seen this uh thing about the southern branch? Yes. Um so I'm trying to make that a thing. I'm going to make that a thing. I'm going to make calling us UCLA hashtag Southern Branch. <laughs> uh, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, just check out my Twitter. It's somewhere on there. Um, talking about like Chip Kelly and back-to-back -back losing seasons. Yeah. Hasn't been done since they were like called the Southern Branch Grizzlies that yeah. like represented them. Um, this was like before they were UCLA. I think it was the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. So 
that's pretty much it. That's all for us. This was uh, this was a fun podcast to do. But we'll be back next week after Thanksgiving where we talk about UCLA and then get us ready for selection. It's not really selection Sunday because it's not like basketball for one March day. Madness. But one day. Yeah. But when they of- inevitably move the playoff to eight teams after this season when Alabama gets the four seed inexplicably over a bunch of better, more deserving teams. They'll have a selection Sunday, and all will be right with the world. All will be, all is already right with the world. The axis back in Berkeley. It's true. What am I? What am I talking about? uh, All is already right with the world, and that pretty much wraps it up. You can find us on Twitter at CGB Bearcast. You can find me at Rob Eleven HWNG. You can find Andy at Andy J Beast Mode. You can find all our stuff at California Golden Blogs. And if you're listening to this, you already found us on your favorite podcast service. So that's it. Always go Bears. Go Bears. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.